Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Sports Talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Sports Talk with Broads. We are broadcasting live from the Manscaped Man Cave. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BROD at manscaped.com. This is the most that the Anytime Hotline was blowing up. I absolutely love it. This is honestly one of my favorite days of the week. I know watching the game is always exciting. That's when the juices are flowing. But to be able to connect with the listeners of Sports Talk with Broads and to hear their natural, raw reaction after the game and to kind of react to their reaction, I always find it super fun. Grab my cup of coffee, rewatch the game, get some more notes involved. And that's exactly you know, what we're going to discuss today. And Jim Schwartz is under fire by a lot of Eagles fans, and I think he deserves blame without a doubt. I just also think it's funny that this team stinks, right? This roster is flawed, and there's not a lot of talent down there in that secondary and with the linebacking core, and you just can't win when these are your players. The videos are surfacing of Big Ben realizing that Nate Gary was out there, and he moved Claypool where he wanted to, and essentially said, go get that man, and boom, the touchdown happened, right? Oh, anyone but Gary! Anyone but Gary, right? That's that's what people are really screaming about, and I, I understand, Nate Gary blows, That's what happens, though, when your drafting is what it is and you go out and get a Davion Taylor in the third round who can't get on the field. When you take in the second round a quarterback who threw a football to Richard Rodgers and was supposed to be all juiced up about it. Maybe Davion Taylor can actually play and they're just hiding him like they did with Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and they're not giving him the shot. But man, he must really be showing nothing whatsoever if he can't find himself on the field with this type of linebacking court. I said it in the pregame show. They're probably going to spread out the Eagles. Spread them out. Because they just don't have the skill players defensively to match up. So, okay, you want to put Sean Bradley out there, uh, Marcus Epps out there. I mean, these players aren't good. The personnel is abysmal defensively. I just feel, like, I'm not saying Jim Schwartz is a phenomenal, phenomenal, insane defensive coordinator. He's a good defensive coordinator in this league. Everyone runs back to the Super Bowl. Oh, 500 plus yards. Do you not remember what happened in the Atlanta Falcons game? Nick Foles was not good in that Atlanta Falcons game. But the defense sure showed up. Now the Minnesota game, both teams, both sides of the team played strong. 
but the defense played strong. To act as if the defense took no part in what happened during the Super Bowl run just because the Super Bowl game was Tom Brady being effective, well, that's ridiculous. I'm only bringing that up because that's an argument that everyone loves to throw out there when it comes to Jim Schwartz. He wasn't even good in the Super Bowl. You wouldn't have even had a lick of a chance without that defense in the Super Bowl. But there's no reason to harp on that. I think it's fair to be mad at Jim Schwartz. It's fair to criticize Jim Schwartz after last night's performance or last yesterday's afternoon's performance. But you have to keep in mind that the personnel on this football team is bad. And this is the NFL. You do not win when you have bad personnel. You don't have players on the defensive side of the football that can make plays. If your defensive front isn't getting home, you don't stand a chance. You just don't. No D coordinator is coming in here and fixing this mess with this roster currently as we speak. So the whole fire game Schwartz today! Well, they're the same people that were screaming to fire Doug Peterson and to trade Carson Wentz and to get Jalen Hurts playing time. It's all so emotionally irrational, it, it blows my mind. So, yes, you know what? Jim Schwartz had a bad game against the Rams, had a bad game against the Steelers. Isn't there a common theme here, though? When the talent is solid offensively, you don't have the personnel to really match up. Your front four, your your defensive line, that's great. But you do need players out there on the other side. And you just don't have it. You just don't have it. All right. I spent a little too much time just screaming my face off to begin because we got a lot of phone calls to get to. Let's start this off. It's an emergency, bro. At linebacker, we have an emergency. We cannot stop anything. It's ridiculous. It's a problem, and you can tell, you know, um, linebacker doesn't matter when it's a huge field. When you get down in the red zone, you can tell there's a discrepancy. You know, they, we get taken advantage of all the time. It's getting ridiculous. And, you know, I think back to the linebackers we let go because maybe they didn't look good. But, you know, like, they would make those plays. They would definitely make those plays. They have the speed and the power. You know, I look at Nate Gary, yeah, I guess he's a smart guy, but he doesn't have it. You know, um, we need a real leader in the middle. That's all I can really say. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And look, when you watched Big Ben yesterday, he was able to know where he was going before the snap, right? That's a problem on personnel. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when Big Ben looks at his matchups and goes, I've got to destroy this one. You want to take that specific player out? Okay, who are you putting in? There's no real option. See, this reminds me of what happened when uh, I got into a debate on 97.3 ESPN with Mike Gill because he wanted to put Hector Neris back into a Phillies game when he already pitched two innings. So he wanted to put Hector Neris in for a third inning. By the way, Hector Neris is not good at all. Instead, they went with Brandon Workman. Brandon Workman allowed the home run. No, no, you don't put in Workman, Gil said. You put in Neris for a third. Neris for a third inning? He stinks. He stinks. Anyone but Workman, he kept saying. I'm like, okay, once you get to this level of an argument, Workman or Hector Neris for a third, 
Look at the main issue here. You have slop on your roster. Right? It's that simple. They're not good enough. The personnel can't keep up. Big Ben knew exactly who would get the ball, knew exactly who would win their matchup because all these guys are all winning their matchups because they have the better talent. You really don't have much you can do. Now, that doesn't say that Jim Schwartz has nothing to do with it because he does have input on this. But ultimately, when you look at this backside of the roster, uh, you want to freak out about the, the D coordinator, this and that. They suck! The players are bad. The players are bad. Only so much you can do. First of all, the Eagles blow. Quarterbacks are shitty. Give Jalen a chance. Wentz is terrible. And also in the fourth quarter, that fourth and five field goal, they should have gone for it, ran it with Miles Sanders or something like that. Doug Peterson blows. The entire team blows. I am no longer an Eagles fan. All right, don't be an Eagles fan then. I don't know what the hell that was. So... Carson Wentz blows. I mean, how do you watch that football game and go down the road of Carson Wentz wasn't good enough when the Eagles essentially scored 30 points? They scored 29 points, and that wasn't a a win. Not only that, they scored 29 points on a very solid defense. Travis Fulgham was getting open and making plays and going up and catching the ball on -on one-on-one balls against a really solid defense. He was able to move the ball. It was great. You're mad at Doug Peterson for not running the football on fourth and five? What? That offensive line, while it wasn't the worst thing in the world based off of expectations and having such a big band-aid on the offensive line as a whole, Miles Sanders couldn't run a lick in this game. He had one play, and it was an awesome play. And you know what's funny about it? J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he did the only thing that he's doing on this team, which is blocking. He blocked during that 74-yard run for Miles Sanders, which was hilarious to see. But other than that, what was it, 10 carries, 6 yards? It wasn't effective at all. On a 4th and 5 play, you want Miles Sanders to run the ball, and you're mad at Doug Peterson for it. I mean, that just clearly has to be a troll call. Uh, But what embarrassing points to make. Man, bro, it was a hell of a game. I mean, it was a good game. The team, the team fought hard. It was a very, it was a very hard fighting game. I mean, the part of, on the plus side, um, Travis Fulton looked good. That's the really positive side. Makes that J-Job pick look ten times worse now. This man can't even get on the field how half the time and barely make plays. But I'm not going to talk about that. When I'm what really got me mad at the end of the game, Doug Peterson. <clears throat> Why did he stop being aggressive and try to kick that long field goal? He either should have ran the ball on that third down and see what yards he can get to either kick the field goal from there or go for on fourth down. He decided to pass incomplete. And in all situations, I want him to pass again. I want him to go for that fourth down. Doug Peters is known for being aggressive. That was the perfect time to be aggressive. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I wouldn't have been mad if Doug Peterson did go for it. I wouldn't have been mad if he did run it on third and then try and go for it on fourth. Like I'm not against that mindset, but I don't really look at that specific play and was like, you know what? Doug was just not being 
aggressive. Like, uh, here you go. You have a 57-yarder to take the lead when we all agree that they could have stole the game there, right? Like, that was an opportunity to steal the game, and I get it. A touchdown makes you feel like you're stealing the game more than taking a lead with the field goal, but I don't look at that specific spot, and I was like, you know what? Doug really lost his identity there for not being aggressive. It kind of is what it is in that spot. I don't think it's ridiculous at all to kick a 57-yard field goal with a man like Jake Elliott. He missed. If he made it, I don't think anybody would even bring it up, right? And that's the part of second-guessing that is enjoyable about sports talk radio and sports conversation. I don't feel like I look back at that moment and that's the right spot to pick and choose the argument for this game. I just personally don't feel like Doug Peterson deserves blame for going for a 57-yard field goal to take the lead on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers with all the circumstances that they were being undermanned. Uh, I know Travis Fulgham was electric in the game, but you are undermanned. And, and just being able to take the lead with the field goal in that spot, I- I'm for it. I am. Unfortunately, they missed, and the rest is history. Rhodes, I know you're the biggest Jim Schwartz apologist in the city of Philadelphia. But I have no idea how you can excuse what we just saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Easy. The personnel is garbage, but I'll let you continue. And I I like Jim Schwartz a lot too. I think he has a, he has many more good games than bad games, but what we just saw is just inexcusable and just awful. But hold on. So you're agreeing that he has many more good games than bad games. That needs to be recognized here, right? So you're saying, as a D coordinator, he has more good games than he has bad games. That should tell you a lot about how this man is at his job. Nate Gary sucks. I know that. But who do I blame more? Nate Gary for being Nate Gary or the guy that put him against a guy who already had three touchdowns in, in the game already? I think the defense was awful, and Jim Schwartz's awful scheme was the biggest reason why we lost this game. (laughs) See, this is just where I look at the other side, and it's like, who do you want out there? Who do you want out there? What does Jim Schwartz do to satisfy you? Okay, change the scheme. Uh, You didn't want Nate Gary on him. So if Jim Schwartz did the same thing, but somebody else was there instead of Nate Gary, who who is it? Like, did, did man... Ruin them a bit? Was man-to-man tough at times? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Could zone be implemented more? Sure, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I am not saying that Jim Schwartz does not have a role in what happened. Of course, when the defense does what it does, Jim Schwartz has a role. But I feel as if people just believe that if there was a different D coordinator with this same roster, the results would be insanely different. And somehow, magically, this team would have like the best defense in the world. It's just not the case. It's not the case whatsoever. And it's almost as if the hatred towards Jim Schwartz overpowers the bigger issues here that there is absolutely no one on defense... uh, Okay, a little strong. You have the D-line, but they weren't really getting home. Pittsburgh countered that by getting the ball out quick. You have Darius Slay, who once again, I mentioned this in the post-game podcast. Big Ben was not afraid of Darius Slay. And that's not a knock on Darius Slay. I like Darius Slay. I think he's a playmaker, and I want him here. He's not afraid of Darius Slay, though. I told you how Big Ben looked at his matchups pre-snap and knew where he was going and knew who could win his battles. 
Guess what? He wasn't afraid to go that way. He wasn't. And I'm just saying, it's something to keep in the back of your mind. They have pieces, but you need more than just pieces to be a successful defense. When you have monstrous holes, teams attack those monstrous holes, and you see that. You saw something that you don't really see out of the Pittsburgh Steelers doing that that crazy play for uh, McLeod, where it was a big 50-yard-plus play. The problem I have is, while they should never bite on it, and you saw them bite on it against the Rams, and you see them constantly bite on it, lack of IQ from a defense, and these players not being instinctive enough, one of the uh, plays that bothers me more is like Craven LeBlanc on third and short prior to that 50-yard play, make the tackle and it's a punt. You miss out on these little things that are so crucial to winning, you're not going to succeed. Craven LeBlanc, monstrous, big, missed tackle, which allows them to go on and score a touchdown. It can't happen. It's unacceptable. I'm pissed off with Fletcher Cox, third and nine, goes off sides. It's now third and four. How can you do that? You're supposed to be a leader. Brandon Graham face mask. There's so many little issues. Avery offside. Sweat. Come on. I blame player before I blame coach. That doesn't mean people like to hear what they want to hear. Jim Schwartz is still in the equation of what happened that was wrong. But these players, uh, they made mistakes out there. They did. And on top of that, the other players, they stink. So you have some players that you, you need to step up, not really step up and perform to their ability. And then you have players who stink. I don't know. Show me a D coordinator who's winning a bunch of games when that happens. Yo, Brody, I got a serious question for you. And feel free to call me a false Eagles fan. Do you want the Eagles to win the division this year? Because I just got done watching the Giants-Dallas game, and I pretty much just watched a crowd of 25,000 Dallas fans die watching Dak get injured. I hope he gets better. It's just a joke with this division. It They had a hard time with the Giants. The Giants almost won that game. It just seems ridiculous, and I'd like to get your opinion. Yeah, sure. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but first off, Dak, man, I really hope he gets better. And from a competitive standpoint, I just love watching competitors compete and athletes compete regardless of the logo. That doesn't mean I root for the Dallas Cowboys. Of course I don't, but I like appreciate what he brings to the table as a quarterback against a team that I don't like. That injury was so horrible. Seeing his reaction, getting carted off, crying, putting the fist up and all. I really hope he comes back better than ever. Then add the contract situation in the mix. It's just so unfortunate, and I want nothing but the best for Dak Prescott moving forward. In terms of winning the division, of course I want to win the division. I'm not all woohoo about it at this point because we all understand that this team is just not realistically a playoff team. But if Carson Wentz can get a playoff game and play in a playoff game, no matter if there's six nine and one or whatever can win the division I still want Carson Wentz to experience that so yeah I mean I want them to do it and I don't think that that would change anything if the Eagles won the division at six nine and one let's just throw out a scenario which I don't even think is going to happen I'm just throwing it out there do you really think that this front office would think oh hold on we're a playoff team we made the playoffs again three straight years we got something here and if they do feel that way which I know they wouldn't 
You got the wrong people in place. But come on, you know that's not the case. But I just want to bring up some things about, you know, missing on players and, and where this defense is now. Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas. Those type of misses who are now, by the way, having interceptions in Jacksonville and then Rasul Douglas is playing strong in Carolina. Those type of moves, that's what kills you. That's what is brutal about this defense. Not being able to utilize players like that. Those players not playing well here. Sidney Jones was barely healthy here, so he couldn't even get on the field. I don't know what's the disconnect here. You know, most people right now are probably going to scream, Oh, James Schwartz can't coach! Uh, There's a lot that goes behind the scenes with certain position coaches and what they teach. There's a whole philosophy from an organization from the whole more so than just, you know, head coach D coordinator, O coordinator, which the Eagles don't even have, and their impact on specific um, individual positions and what they're being taught throughout practice. 10 billion coaches in a damn NFL locker room. And it's about what they teach. And and it's just one big snowball effect. But, you know, when you can't utilize players like that, that's when you get into the problem that you are in now. What's up, bro? I'm a huge fan. Uh, My name is Rafael, and I'm calling all the way from Florida. But I will always be green. And this game, man, I just love the fact that we showed some heart um, in the defensive side and offensive side of the football. But, man, Jim Schwartz, Man, he's got to go. He's got to go. And pretty much Carson Wentz is, did really well. And Nathan Gary, that dude is trash. He he also needs to go. I'm just I'm just over Jim Schwartz and Nathan Gary. And tell me how you think Carson Wentz did, man. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the call. And look, I thought Carson Wentz was solid, without a doubt. I thought Carson Wentz put together a really successful game uh, against a defense like that. He was moving the ball, and especially when you don't have the run game. The run game was non-existent, and that's what happens when your offensive line is what it is. And overall, like the big grand scheme of things in this game, I thought the offensive line did okay based off of the expectations. There were moments, and that's just going to happen. That's the nature of the beast. But when you can't run the ball at all because the offensive line struggled and because of all sorts of factors— to be able to throw it like the way that he did against a defense like the Steelers who knew they made them one-dimensional, I think that only adds value to what Carson Wentz was able to execute out there on the field. I'm pissed off with Zach Ertz. I hate, hate, hate his body language, his mindset, his approach to the game right now. It's obvious to the team and to the head coach that there's something missing that needs to be addressed. Uh, In terms of Jim Schwartz, you know, like he's got to go. Bad organizations start firing people midseason, doing this, doing that, right? Dan Dan Quinn got fired of the Atlanta Falcons. Who else got fired? Bill O'Brien. Like Those are the type of organizations that pull the trigger four games, five games in. While this team is a joke right now, and while Jim Schwartz's time might come at the end of the season, I, I don't think it's realistic to just can him right now in the middle of the season. That's not really the fix. That's not what's going to just make this defense automatically great. And then, hey, this team is now going to go on a run. At the end of the year, based off of this 
group being together for so long at this point, there's probably going to be a breakup. There's probably going to be a mix-up, and Jim Schwartz might be the first one to go, and that's fine. Once again, I'm not claiming that Jim Schwartz is phenomenal, insane, the best ever. He's good at his job. He's a good defensive coordinator, but sometimes you need change. You need a new look. You need a new voice, and that may be the case. You know, it just may be the case, and that's fine. I'll address that when the time goes forward here, and you talk about the offseason stuff, but as like Jim Schwartz needs to go now, and I'm not necessarily just attacking you for saying that. It's a very clear noise, and, and it's a very clear message and a loud noise right now going around the city. It's crazy that, you know, people get so, you know, ama- emotionally outraged instantly to think that that fixes everything. I, I don't know what that necessarily fixes. The, the problem, the, the big-time problem with this team, they're not good enough. They're not good enough. I feel you're stressing the blame on somewhere where he has part of the blame, but nowhere near as much as this roster is a problem. Hey, what's up, bros? Hey, great show, man. Teddy over here. Uh, the issue with the Eagles is like every week is a different uh, team, right? The only consistent is like we don't have great receivers. And we'd have a running game. We, we used to have LeGarrette Blount and Ajayi, and we made it to the Super Bowl. Right now, we have a bunch of small backs. You know, uh, San, uh, Miles Sanders is the one that is uh, keeping up. All the other ones, they just come and go. So we need to establish the running game and, and provide better receivers for Carson Wentz. And we definitely need to fix the cornerbacks on the defense side. <laughs> we definitely do need to fix that whole, you know, secondary pieces Uh, In terms of the run game, I thought Boston Scott has just been underwhelming. Miles Sanders, he had the one big run, couldn't get much going. Once again, goes on the offensive line. Corey Clement, he missed a huge block. I don't know what type of block attempt that was. Missed the block, and then Carson Wentz gets hit. You know, that goes on him. Doesn't even go on the offensive line. It goes on Corey Clement. He did not provide his job there, and that's the thing. With someone like Corey Clement, you are so limited in action. You are so limited in opportunities. You get a chance there to get a big block pickup. You know, a big spark for you, and you fail completely. It was a miserable attempt. Carson gets hit. It's just not good enough for him. You don't have good enough backs. You don't. I expected more out of Boston Scott. Maybe that's on us to expect more out of a player like Boston Scott, but he hasn't been producing. Then you can look at the whole, hey, should they have went and got a Carlos Hyde, although it's not like he's lighting the world up. A Freeman who's playing for New York at the moment. He was waiting because he was trying to get a specific amount of money. I just feel, while I understand the running game and the the running backs behind Miles Sanders hasn't been what we expected it to be, uh, based off of what else I've seen so far, that's deeper on my list, but I understand the run game being important just in terms of, you know, utilizing it more. But in this game, I, I guess I really can't be mad at Doug Peterson because... It wasn't working. And are you going to keep running your head through a wall if it's not working because you know you're on your third left tackle? You're on Matt Pryor? Lane Johnson's going in and out of the game. You got Jack Driscoll in there. It's a nightmare up front. And for it being a nightmare, they're doing okay. So credit to Stoutland for being able to work with what he has. And they do a they do a good job at offensive line play for the most part. If we, we want to bash them for... DK Metcalf and J. Jaw and some of these other pieces, 
the offensive line deserves a ton of credit because they do plug and play with a lot of these players, and for the most part, they do a, a good enough job to help you win a football game. They had a chance to win the game. They did. They scored 29 points. Did a good enough job to win the game offensively. By the way, speaking of winning, doing a good enough job to win, winning, I'm going to try and find a way to mold this together. I've been winning a lot in the sports betting world, thanks to BetQL. If you go to BetQL.com, use promo code BROGE20, you get 20% off of your first payment. And what BetQL provides is a full analysis for each NFL game. It has all sports, but you know we're talking football here. All the NFL games, it's got the trends, it's got the money line trends, the trends by spread, first half, over, under, total points. It's got everything, and it shows you where the sharp money, the professional money is headed. And I just use all of those analytics and data, and it helps you make an educated sports betting uh, choice before the games. And I'm sitting back, relaxing, cashing out on my DraftKings Sportsbook app every single damn day, and you can too. Go to BetQL.com or download their mobile app. Use promo code BROGE20 at checkout for 20% off of your first payment. We are also implementing a, a NFL Weekly Pick'em Pool, by the way, courtesy of BetQL, and we are giving away weekly prizes and a grand prize. Rosnov Jewelers, a championship bracelet. Information is all down below. All right, let's kick off our next call. Bro, I hope you're not happy about the way the Eagles played the Steelers team. I mean, I think hopefully at the end of all this, we all realize the Eagles just really aren't that good. Uh, beating the Niners, I mean, they were crippled playing their third-string quarterback. Obviously, we're going to win that game. Hopefully, we win that game. At least show we're still competent. But here's the thing. The problem is we're just aging. We're aging into a bum team. And what I mean by that is you got DJX, Alshon, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson, all that money on that defensive line. And it's just like we're not getting it done. This team isn't going to compete with what they got. So I've been saying this since week two. Once we lost to the Rams, I realized this team ain't going to do nothing. So we got to move these guys, Ertz, Cox, Graham. I would trade all these guys for picks. It's time to get young. Who's young that you're excited about right now, bros? Maybe Rager, hopefully. But who else? Who else is really showing superstar potential? I'm actually, I actually am okay with the way that they play. Not the defense, but the way that the offense play. Like, they competed out there. They're not a good team. The Steelers are a good team. The Eagles are not a good team. So for them to be in it, the way that they were in it, it's hard for me to look at that game and be like, oh, man, I'm so pissed. In terms of trading away the entire roster, I mean, that's just not realistic, right? Get rid of Cox, Brandon Gray, like everyone. Like, that's just not realistic. That's not how this all works. Uh, who am I excited for? Sure, yeah, I'm excited for Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham at this point. And you mentioned Alshon and Deshaun. You do need to implement some of these young guns. I don't think that they deserve specifically to just override some of these players at this point. They earned their spots. You did say something, though, that I wanted to touch on. Let me replay a little bit of the call. We're gonna win that game. Hopefully win that game. At least show we're still competent. But here's the thing. The problem is we're just aging. We're aging into a bum team. And what I mean by that is... You got DJX, Alshon, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson, all that money on that defensive line. That's it. The defensive line thing. And you said, like, they're not getting the job done. 
They have been to this point, though. Before the Steelers game, that defensive line was aggressive. They were getting to the quarterback. They were getting sacks. What the Steelers did, though, to counter was just get the ball out quick, and that's where your lack of weapons on the other side weren't really able to hold up. Brian Baldinger put out his baldy breakdowns. One of the plays was on Jalen Mills, and he was talking about the coverage by Jim Schwartz. That's the coverage that made sense. That was the right play. You got to tighten up. Jalen Mills all over the place mentally. had no clue what he was doing. He gave too much pay. And, like, that's on Jalen Mills for not being able to properly execute. And Jalen Mills, seventh-round pick, I'm not a hater. I'm not a lover. Just, like, average. You can have a Jalen Mills on your roster, but he's someone who shouldn't be out there as much as Jalen Mills is, and that's when it comes down to getting you don't have enough talent on the roster. Man, there's so many good calls this week, and I, I hope I can get to all of them. I know I, I won't be able to for this specific episode. There's too many. Hey, bros. I just got three questions for you. Number one, how does Swartz possibly allow Barry to be on Claypool there? My second question, do you think we have possibly found something serious in Fulgham? And my last question, what the heck has happened to Ertz? <laughs> All right, number one, how did that happen? I I don't know. I don't have that information for you. It shouldn't have happened. You saw Big Ben kind of make some moves there, put Claypool where he wanted to. He was like, hey, go target this guy, and and the rest is history. That was a poor decision. It was a bad mistake, and I I don't have the answer for you. I don't know how Jim Schwartz could allow that matchup to happen, especially after Claypool did his damage all game long, and he was the go-to guy all game long, and he was explosive every single damn play, it felt. I don't know how that can happen. In terms of Fulgham, yeah, I do think that we have something there. The way that he was making those plays, he was going up, and he was doing it confidently, and it was like he believed in himself to go make those plays one-on-one. He was going up and getting the high point of the football. He was being a dog out there, and he was fighting for his damn life, and there's something to be said about having to fight for your damn life in the NFL, knowing that it's possibly over if you don't continue to battle and and get the job done. So, yeah, I do think there's something in Fogelman. With Ertz, it pisses me off to think about Zach Ertz. Pisses me off. I'm embarrassed for him. I'm not being too harsh. I think that's reality. It's okay to be embarrassed for him because what he's doing is a joke. I expected way more out of his character. He quit. He has totally quit. He's supposed to be Wentz's boy. How do you look back at your boy and go, whether I got blocked, whether it was illegal or illegal, I gave up on you. And I barely have any receptions this year. I barely have any yards. How do you look at him in the eyes? It's a joke. Yo, bro, so I'm not going to lie. That one did sting. Uh, let me just say this, though. If you blame Carson Wentz for that game, you're a freaking moron. Oh, my God. Not as moronic as Jim Schwartz was in this game, though. Let me just offer that out. This guy does not know how to – oh, my God. He does not know how to draw up any sort of defensive scheme. Chase Claypool looked like Jerry – Freaking Rice out there. Now, granted, Travis Cal- Travis Fulgham looked like Calvin Johnson, but that's the story for another day. Oh, my God. This guy, especially on uh, Claypool's fourth touchdown, a linebacker should not be the guy, the only guy there. Okay? This guy 
does not know how to draw up any sort of scheme. I was a Schwartz defender until today. The guy has to go. He's the freaking worst defensive coordinator. Okay, that's a, that's an exaggeration, but he sucks. I'm glad that I let that play out because you kind of fixed yourself. So you said you were a Jim Schwartz defender until that one play. And that's where I think it's it's obnoxious. Like, think about what you said. It's similar to a previous caller who said he's good more times than he's bad, but, you know, oh, he sucks, he can't do anything. It was something similar to that. Like, you, you're a defender, and then he has one bad play, and then now he's just the, the worst state coordinator. He sucks. Do you not see that there's, like, a problem with that mindset? So he's good... One bad play, a couple bad plays, a bad game, a couple bad games. He's now, like, horrendous. It's not true. You don't have the talent. I'll take Jim Schwartz with talent any day of the week. He doesn't have talent, though. I don't know how you went in the football, in, in the football, in the National Football League without talent. It's very hard to do. All right, so I think this is a good spot to stop the phone calls. We have so much more. I'm thinking about, you know, hey, Doug Peterson's going to speak. Jim Schwartz is going to speak. Maybe I'll mix together a podcast of the remaining reaction calls. I mean, there's a good amount of them still left. I love the fact that you guys are so passionate and juiced up to call the Anytime Hotline. The phone number is 856-442-9805. Don't be afraid to call in at any point of your day. It's available 24-7. I love the way that you guys are utilizing this. It makes my job so much more fun, and words just can't express and explain you, you and the way that you listen to the show, react with the show. It's mind-blowing at times. So what I'm going to try and do is implement the, the rest of these phone calls with another podcast coming up with Doug Peterson speaking to the presser, with Jim Schwartz speaking, and, and we'll kind of continue to react as well. This episode of Sports Talk with Broads is sponsored by Orbit Energy and Power. And with over 20 years of experience in the solar industry, they are home to your solar experts in both residential and commercial projects. They are dedicated to making sure your project is completed easily and properly with trained professionals to get the job done right. Their information is down below. Lastly, before I let you get out of here, I have added memberships to my YouTube channel. So you can become a member. There is a $4.99, a $9.99, and a $19.99 tier group. The $4.99 allows you to send me podcast ideas. The $9.99, I will have a monthly kind of Google Hangout live stream type concept where we can hang out together and talk each month with all of the members. And then the $19.99, I'll actually allow you to send me your video and you can use your you know your video, your iPhone, whatever type of phone you have. Send a video asking questions, and I'll plop you in to the podcast so we can actually see some fans, which would be awesome as well. So just be on the lookout for that underneath each video. It is available already. So thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you next time. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.